This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. It is indeed NBA Sound System Live. Welcome in. I am Carlin Gay, flying solo on the live edition across the NBA global networks. And of course, right here on NBA Sound System. If you're listening to the podcast or if you're listening live, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And please, of course, rate and review. Every Tuesday, we go live 3 p.m. Eastern Time and uh, plenty to do on this Tuesday in August. And we're talking about hoops in August, not summer league hoops, but actual hoops uh, this year, not worrying about what's happening next year, but actually talking about what's happening right now. Still weird times that we're all living in and hope that you guys are all safe. Plenty to do on this episode. We'll talk about the 76ers, what's happening with them. They still are trying to figure it out. We'll talk about the battle in the Western Conference for the eighth seed that's really beginning to heat up. Did the Pelicans shoot themselves in the foot by not playing Zion Williamson more minutes in their first two games? Can the Raptors repeat as champions? All that and more on this edition of NBA Sound System. But first, you know we got to start with the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. Uh, two weeks ago, I came on here and told you that LeBron James was the MVP of the league. And again, I know that he won't win the award. And he's not going to be the MVP this season. Giannis has been incredible. He's going to win the award. Most people are voting for him. But just take this in for a second. The Lakers have a roster pieced together around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I know LeBron and AD are two of the five best players in the league. But the drop-off between them and their third best player is steep. So they have a very good reason to have a mediocre record, even though they have two of the five best players in the NBA right now. But so far, they've been good all year long, and they've locked up the one seed in the Western Conference. Yes, that's right, the Western Conference. That's pretty impressive. They came into the bubble, the one seed, everyone assumed that they would finish the one seed with the gap between them and the Clippers, so it's no surprise that they were able to do so. But no one could have predicted that they would have to call J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters off their respective couches to help them out. Over the last three games, the Lakers have scored the second fewest points in the bubble. Only the Jazz are worse. The Lakers have shot just 41.5% from the field, dead last in the bubble. 29.4% from three-point range as bottom five in the bubble. And they've also clanked their free throws. They're shooting 76.2% from the line. They even have a negative rating, a negative net rating rather, uh, in the three games, and they've still managed to go two and one. Their only loss coming, of course, at the hands of the Raptors, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And they still found a way to clinch the number one seed in the Western Conference. This whole season that LeBron James is having is, is completely being fueled by what people have said about him. He's hurt it all. He's washed at age 35. He's in his year 17 season. The dude's about to lead the league in assists for the first time ever. Oh, he doesn't play defense anymore. LeBron has given up on that side of the court. He's about to post his best defensive rating in the last four years. And when he's off the floor, 
The Lakers are giving up close to three and a half more points per, per 100 per sessions. And that's the that's a bigger impact than any other Lakers starter. And that includes Anthony Davis, who, by the way, will be a finalist for the defensive player of the year. LeBron can't do it out, out east. Or out east, it's easy for LeBron to dominate. It's weaker out there. He can't do it out west. The west is tougher. LeBron just finished locking up the number one seed in his first full season in the conference. You can give Giannis Antetokounmpo the MVP. LeBron will use that as motivation again. And as we've seen for the last 17 years, a motivated king is dangerous for the rest of the NBA. NBA Sound System is brought to you by our sister podcast, Sound System FC. Lawrence and Bo get you set for the round of 16 restart in the Champions League. Get your Heinekens ready. Play that Champions League music. Everybody's excited about that. Uh, Man City and Real Madrid. Talk about a heavyweight clash between two historic clubs in football. Right now, Man City up 2-1 on aggregate uh, as they get set to get back in, in business on the pitch. Uh, I think Man City will win this, by the way. But find out what Lawrence and Bo think. They're the experts. You can hear them right here only on Sound System FC, the home of the beautiful game. Again, if you haven't subscribed, do it now. Right now, as you're listening, you pull up your phone, head on to iTunes, search Sound System FC, subscribe, and get set to be taken through the world that is football by Lawrence and Bo. All right, so speaking of subscribing, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people in the national media, TV pundits, uh, those who cover the league, that are talking about the Raptors as if they haven't been good all year. They're, they're just now subscribing to the fact that uh, this team might actually get out of the Eastern Conference again. Like, they're just starting to take them seriously again. And, and, and all I got to say about that, it's about time. Y'all waited till there were six games left in the regular season to find out that this team is good. Y'all had four months, four months without basketball, and you're just now realizing after two games in the bubble that this team is good? Nick Nurse has had this team playing highly competitive basketball since the opening night. They have the second best record in the Eastern Conference and the fifth most man games lost to injury. Fifth most. They've had two All-Stars this season in Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. And I know it's been a while, but they also won the NBA championship last season. I know it's been over a year, and it might be deleted from our memory, but they hoisted hoisted the Larry O'Brien trophy last year. Kawhi Leonard is no longer there. We know that. He's in L.A., and I know many people thought that he took their championship hopes with him when he went over to the left coast. But this team was good when Kawhi Leonard wasn't in the lineup last year. They went 17-5 and when Kawhi Leonard was out load managing a season ago. This team was more than just Kawhi Leonard. Kyle Lowry this season has been asked to score more, so he's done that. Last season, averaging just 14.2 points per game. This year, 19.9. The dude's going to average 20 points per game before it's all said and done. He's a basketball comedian. Chameleon. Whatever you want, he's going to give you. If you want assists, he'll give you that. You want great defense, he'll give you that. He even blocked a shot the other day at six foot, and that's a generous six foot. I'm six one, and I tower over Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry will do whatever it takes on a basketball floor to win, and he's still there. Fred Van Vliet is having a career year, proving 
that you know if you bet on yourself, you might actually be able to cash in. He's going to get paid this offseason, whether it's from the Toronto Raptors or someone else. And Pascal Siakam went from a G League player to a bench warmer to a role player to a starter and now an all-star all before you could say Tim Hortons. Nick Nurse is proving game in and game out that he is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's going to be in the running for coach of the year. And I know he didn't get voted as coach of the year by his fellow coaches around the league. That honor actually went to coach Mike Budenholzer and Billy Donovan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Two great coaches. But the award that really counts is the one that the media vote on. And Nick Nurse should absolutely win that award with what he has done this season. The Raptors didn't just show up in the Orlando bubble. They've been good all year. And they're going to be good for the foreseeable future. They have a winning culture now set in Toronto. They have an attitude that they can compete with anyone regardless who's in uniform. That's why they have the second best record in the Eastern Conference, despite having the fifth most man games lost to injury. If you haven't been paying attention to the fact that the Toronto Raptors are still a good basketball team, are still going to be in the mix when it comes to a contender in the Eastern Conference, then a message to my fellow journalists around the world, you just haven't been doing your job. It's nice to see uh, Zion Williamson bounce back with a great game in his last outing. 22.7 rebounds, 5 assists, and getting a win that the Pelicans desperately needed. They now sit, at the time of recording this, uh, 5.5, or, or, or you know, half a game, rather, uh, of the ninth spot in the Western Conference, which has become a tight battle Um, If you're the Pelicans, though, it's an interesting situation because Zion, obviously the future of the franchise, but at some point, you have to take the training reels off of Zion and let him cook, and maybe, just maybe, him playing as well as he did in the game against the Grizzlies in a game that they desperately needed, the 22.7 rebounds and the five assists, Zion proved that he can play, play at a high level, And if you're the Pelicans and the goal is to make the playoffs this season, you can't be restricting his minutes. So let him go. Let him go. Take the trailing rules off. Let Zion play. Zion Williamson uh, needs to lead the way for the Pelicans if they plan on making the playoffs. That race right now for the final spot in the Western Conference, so tight. The Memphis Grizzlies are holding on uh, to the eighth spot. Again, you just have to be within four games of the eighth seed and be in ninth place to force a play-in game. Uh, Right now, as it sits, the Trailblazers and the Spurs are tied for ninth in, in terms of games behind. Uh, With the Pelicans, they're both two games back of the Pelicans, or rather the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans are two and a half games back of the Grizzlies. The Sacramento Kings quietly in the mix, and the Phoenix Suns, who have won two in a row, they're still in the mix there. Not many people expected them to be battling for that eighth seed. Uh, I have to give all the credit in the world to the San Antonio Spurs, because I'll be honest with you guys. I I thought the Spurs had no shot, no shot at all, at making the playoffs this season. No LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, they're, they're a team that's depleted right now. 
Uh, I know Trey Lyles isn't a big piece, but he started a bunch of games for them. Uh, they did. They, they uh, to me, they just didn't feel like they had a team that was set to go to the playoffs. But they've done it for 22 straight seasons under Greg Popovich. Uh, they are one of the teams that have the longest streak in North American sport in terms of making the postseason. They are still a live dog, and they and a lot of places around. Uh, you know, the NBA community had them at, at you know, 1% or less than 1% of a chance of making the postseason. And they've come right out in less than a week in the Orlando bubble and looked like a team that can really upset the apple cart here. They're going for 23 straight playoffs, uh, you know, seasons, playoff appearances rather. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I'm turning into a Spurs fan. Not not the soccer team, by the way. Not not that that horrible team uh, th- that plays in London. I'm, I'm talking about the San Antonio Spurs, not not Tottenham Hotspur. The San Antonio Spurs. I'm slowly becoming a fan of them. I'm rooting them on here. I think Greg Popovich is an absolute wizard. He, he's having Demar Derozan play the four. Uh, a guy who has historically uh, been a guard or a wing player his entire life is now playing the power forward spot. And it's working out for them. Jakob Pertl is the only big that they've really used to any sort of success in a couple of games in the bubble. And he's looked he's looked good. Uh, they found a way to kind of scrap together and, and win some games that they probably would not have won based on, you know, what, what it says on paper. And they're right there with a legitimate shot of making the playoffs for the 23rd straight time. I am a San Antonio Spurs fan. Go Spurs. Uh, I, I hope they get into that playoff, uh, that they seed. I know they'll get trounced by the Lakers, but I really do hope that Greg Popovich can continue his streak because what a story it would be if uh, he was able to do it under these circumstances. Uh, on the flip side, you know you, you should be happy to be a Spur fan. If you've been a Spur fan, you know what you're going to get. Your team is going to make you happy. They're going to compete at the high level. The flip side of that is being a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Um, that team might be the most frustrating team to root for in all of sports. They have all the talent in the world, uh, and, and yet they go up and down like a yo-yo. And and that might have to do with their leader in Joel Embiid. He's their best player, but he is as inconsistent of an all-star as we have in the NBA. He'll give you 42 and you know 41 and 21 in one game, and it will come in a loss. Uh, you know, he, he'll, he'll give you the, the utmost effort for the first quarter of a game and the second half, he may take it off. That's Joel Embiid. That's what we've known. That's what we've come to known, uh, of his NBA career last year in the playoffs. Same thing. He was up and down. He, he had a great game against the Raptors, great two games against the Raptors, two and three in that series. And then he would fall off, uh, in games four and five and disappear in, in game seven. Uh, that's Joel Embiid, and that has been the set the 76ers this season. Uh, I I don't, didn't want to count them out all season long because they just have so much talent. You have Embiid, you have Simmons, you have Tobias Harris, who I think a lot of people forget how good he really is. You have Al Horford, who is a phenomenal player and has his head on his shoulders. They have pieces there. Josh Richardson is a, is a nice little piece there. Uh, Thibel can really defend. They, they just kind of found him. He's like found money on that team. Brett Brown has some things at his disposal for this team to be a good team. Not just a good team, but a championship team. 
and they just haven't been able to put together. They haven't been able to figure it out. They're hovering. Uh, you know, if the, if the Magic and the Nets weren't as bad as they were, this team might have to, you know, slide. Would have possibly slid down to the seventh and eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. They're just lucky that the Nets are basically fielding a G League team right now uh, in, in the Orlando bubble, and the Magic, uh, you know, just can't string a couple wins together, even though they're right now uh, on a five-game win streak at the time of, of talking right now. But, you know, the 76ers are barely, barely in the top four uh, in the Eastern Conference, or they have a shot of making the top four in the Eastern Conference. They should be in the mix of the Raptors or the Bucks, the, the talent that they have, and they haven't been able to put it together this season. I am officially, and I'm going to say it right here on NBA Sound System, I am officially all the way out on the 76ers. And this is coming from a guy who picked them to make the NBA Finals this season. They just have too much going on. They can't seem to figure it out. You got Joel Embiid and and Shake Milton getting into it during a timeout. Uh, That's Joel Embiid, your leader of your team, by the way, who's picking on a rookie guard, a first-year guard, who's getting his first big start in a big moment where everybody's watching. And you decide to chew him out over what one play, two plays, you know, save that stuff for behind closed doors. You know, you know what this is about, Joel. You, you're very well versed in what happens, uh, you know, when when you decide to to bring public feuds. And you know, shout out to Shake Milton for hitting the big shot against the San Antonio Spurs, bouncing back the very next game. That's not good enough, though. We've seen how this ends. We've seen teammates kind of you know, bicker in the public eye uh, before, and it didn't end well. And Joel Embiid is going to have to find a better way of leading the 76er team. He's also going to have to find a better way of being consistent uh, as a basketball player. And if they don't, I mean, that might be it for Brett Brown and his time coaching this team. But I'm out on the 76er team. I don't know how they make it past the second round. There's just too many good teams in the Eastern Conference for this team to play whenever they want to. And that's what's basically happening for the Philadelphia 76ers. One last shout-out to uh, to TJ Warren, who has been playing out of his mind as of late for the Indiana Pacers, a 53-point game. He followed that up with 34 points with Victor Oladipo out of the lineup. Warren is stepping up at the perfect time for the Indiana Pacers. No Sabonis, Brogdon, and Oladipo still trying to work their way back into the lineup. No Jeremy Lamb. Most people probably didn't expect much out of this Pacer team with the way that they, you know, they started the season without their best player in Victor Oladipo. He hasn't been back to the all-star that we know and love, but they have... You know, guys like T.J. Warren who have stepped up all year long. And T.J. Warren, again, stepping up when the Pacers need him the most. Uh, he's he's shaking off that uh, that label that he had when he was in Phoenix of a good, you know, good player, bad team situation. Good stats, bad team situation. We're seeing T.J. Warren put up big-time numbers in games that matter. And Suns have to be kicking themselves because they gave this dude away. For cash considerations. Oh boy. They, they would want that trade back. A reminder. You can follow us on social media. At NBA Sound System. If you haven't already subscribed to the show. Please do so right now. NBA Sound System on iTunes. Rate and review. And also tell your friends about it. Uh, and, and get them involved. In a community that we're building here. We get the live show going. Every Tuesday. 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific. 
Uh, right now, though, we will get our wrap inside the bubble. The inside the bubble weekend wrap with Lauren Scott and Tim Roy right here on NBA Sound System. Thank you. With the NBA back, the game's inside the bubble in Orlando. Very compelling. And we're joined here by Tim Roy for a review of the first weekend back. Tim, your impressions as this race toward the playoffs heats up. Well, it's it's been very interesting. Uh, the you, know, you would think that teams that don't have anything to play for would you know kind of coast their way through but i think their competitive instincts you know kind of fire on on different cylinders and and they they uh, rise to the occasion case in point yesterday boston and portland it's a huge game for portland they made a great comeback in that game and uh and then wow at the end you know they, they just couldn't get it done and that's a if they could have won that game uh, they would be in the number nine spot, but I'll get to that later. But but overall, I think it's been it's been pretty good. Most of the most of the teams have come out and and have a really good effort, I think. And what's interesting to me is that we've seen some lopsided scores, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what that means. And I think that part of it is that say you play and you have a great win. Okay, and then you you know you get in the locker room, but it's not like a normal win. Uh, so because usually you get on a plane, you're with the guys, they're you know having everybody celebrating the win, having fun, and or you go home, you see your family and friends, and you celebrate that win and get that feeling. Instead, you go back to a hotel. And it, it's kind of you know claustrophobic, and and you're, I, I think the emotions of this during a pandemic, I don't think we've factored that in, and I think it's one reason we've seen some lopsided scores. You know, some of these players feeling very comfortable in the bubble, and and I'll tell you, since 2010, three players have had 50 plus points in a game while taking fewer than five free throws in that game. Warriors guards Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson. And now, as of this restart in Orlando, T.J. Warren of the Pacers. Warren for three. 50 spot. Give him a 50 spot right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's why the bench was up. How about that? Uh, you know, one thing about T.J. Warren we've known since he got, came into the league was he's a bucket getter. He just scores. And uh, the, what he did <laughs> the other day against Philadelphia I mean, you're 20 of 29 from the field. That's an incredible number. And he he did it in a very competitive game. And it's a game that obviously, you know, the the Sixers really wanted to get that game. You know, Philadelphia is in a situation where, you know, they're right there with Indiana. That was for the fifth spot that game was. And so... And to get it in a very competitive game, and you know he's just a, you know you could put him out in a, uh, in a parking lot with a basket with no lights, and he's gonna find a way to score. You know James Harden, another early standout, 49 points in an overtime win over Dallas on Friday, joining ESPN's Rachel Nichols after the game. We just want to be playing well on both ends of the ball, offensively and defensively. Our communication. Um, you know, tonight was a, was a really good start. Obviously, we made a lot of mistakes, but we'll watch film on that tomorrow. Um, it may be better the next day. 
Well, I was bragging on your conditioning, how you've been running the steps up and down at the hotel. How do you feel <laughs> now that you're getting you back in there? You can't be telling everybody there. my secrets, man. <laughs> That's my good, whole though. job is to tell everyone your secrets, I feel James. good. Uh, overtime game for the first game of regular season in, in a long time, and I think my body held up you know, very, very well. So I'm just proud of my guys for keep fighting and uh, keep competing. Excellent. Thank you so much, James. Thanks, we appreciate Rich. it. Back to you guys. You know, the beard secrets and the rocket secret seems to be looking hungry and being focused in the bubble, beating the Mavs Friday and then the Bucks on Sunday, Tim. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because you would think, OK, the, the urgency when you have from three to six and you have four teams within a game and a half, you would think, oh, the urgency would be to get home court, try to get to four or three and get home court. There's no home court in this particular scenario. So what's the motivation? Well, the motivation might be to find the best matchup for you so that you can get to a second round and maybe play one of the L.A. teams. So uh, to, to me, it's going to be very cur- curious to see how this plays out. Denver's currently in third. Houston and Utah are tied, though I believe Houston has the tiebreaker in that situation for four. I think that would be a fabulous a first-round series with this caveat in years gone by, the team that Utah really doesn't match up well with is Houston. I think they'd like to get the three and get Houston off their dance card, at least for the first round or so. So um, so I, I think it's going to be really curious. Oklahoma City, that they, they just found chemistry this year. Dallas uh, is hasn't won a game yet in the in the bubble but they qualify for the playoffs but because of uh, losses behind them and so you know now as you look at the west i think you're seeing you know this houston team that's playing small i think they've got the good chemistry right now Westbrook and Harden were really starting to figure it out in the latter stages of the regular season before the stoppage. So I don't know if I'd want to play Houston in a playoff series this year. Yeah, and as you said, it's the teams that are behind Dallas that really are the intrigue point in the Western Conference right now is Memphis, like Dallas, also, as we tape this, have not won a game inside the bubble yet they've been close games and and really compelling games in in some of these cases but i but i've got to say this race for eight or if it's a game that's the play-in with nine and eight do, do you see somebody other than memphis facing the lakers in the first round of the playoffs or can memphis hold this well what i, I look at a couple of things one is that you look at the teams that you have eight nine through 13 all competing to try to get to eight to nine within four games it looks like there's going to be a playing game no matter what happens i think memphis is okay but they have a big game this week early in the week they take on new orleans neither team has won yet and if new orleans is going to get get back into this they have to win that game because if they lose that they're four and a half back which is not you know they could get to the play-in level, but they would have still Portland and wait for it, the San Antonio Spurs ahead of them. Here, the Spurs are to me the most intriguing thing here because we all kind of discounted them without Lamarcus Aldridge. So what does Greg Popovich do? He starts four guards and Jakob Pertle the other night, and they win. 
They are, uh, Yakapurna was a plus 25 in their last victories. The Spurs have won their first two, and they're just doing it with these young guards around DeMar DeRozan. It's so much fun to watch, and, uh, you know, who knows? You know, like I've always said about San Antonio, you can't count them out until you're at the funeral, you know, throwing dirt on the grave because they're always there. You know, talk about other players who have impressed early inside the bubble, and this includes former Warrior Center Manute Bowl's son, Bowl Bowl. Bowl Bowl back in. Nice feet ahead. Oh, oh my what goodness. A pass. Wow. Very solid in scrimmages and now games with Denver. You know, and it's funny too because um, he's a guy that, that dropped a little bit during the, uh, the lottery process, and uh, I think. You know, part of that was injury. Part of that, they they weren't really sure about him and about his his attitude and 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 love for the game. But he's kind of shown everybody that he can play, and it was really fun to watch when Michael Malone rolled out his jumbo package in one of those scrimmages. What they start five bigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was fun to watch. But again, they have some intriguing pieces in Denver. They have some guys who aren't playing for them right now, so that's that's a problem. But uh, I think I think they're going to be okay. I think if they do make some noise in the postseason, I think Bull Bull will be a part of that. I think they have to find a little bit more uh, some chemistry, you know, with their guard line right now. You know, they don't have Harris, and that's that's been a problem for them. Uh, and I, and the guy who could be their X factor is Michael Porter Jr. I think I think he's a player that you know he, we know he's talented. We, you know, can he you know rise to the occasion and maybe you know not show his youth as much and and be the kind of player that that uh, Denver wants him to be. So I, I I think I think they have some pieces there, but I really I think for them to go deep, they have to find. Somebody on the guard line, and either someone like Bol Bol or Porter Jr. to give them that youthful energy around Jokic. You know, thinking back to that first night back of NBA action on Thursday, capped by both wins from the Jazz and Lakers, really quite an emotional night, truth be told. I mean, great to see NBA basketball back again and all of the good that it represents on the TNT postgame LeBron James just after the game with Jared Greenberg addressing just that. Could you get a sense tonight that this game was indeed bigger than basketball? Absolutely. Um, the game of basketball has always been bigger than just the ball in the rim and 10 guys on the floor with referees. It's an opportunity to use this platform and be able to spread a lot of positive, a lot of love throughout the course, uh, throughout the course of the whole world. We understand what's going on in society right now. And we're using this NBA platform as the players, as the coaches, as organizations to continue to stand strong on that. Um, so this is a good start. Uh, this is a good start tonight. It's great to have the NBA back, and I hope our fans um, are, are proud of us tonight. So many around the NBA have talked about what a special day it was. Earlier today, the funeral for John Lewis. You've mentioned how this is not a movement. How much progress do you think has been made with what the NBA and everyone around the NBA has done? Um, there's been progress, um, but in the past when we've seen progress, we've let our uh, foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, we, can't, we can't do that. Um, you know, we want to continue to uh, keep our foot on the gas, continue to push forward, uh, you know, continue to spread love throughout America, 
Uh, we're dealing with a lot of racism, uh, a lot of social injustice, a lot of police brutality, um, not only in my neighborhoods, um, not only with black people, but with, with people of color. And, and it's, um, it's something that we want to continue to have people's ears open to. And we have ears now, but we cannot stop um, with our foot on the gas as we've been doing over the last few months. I think when you look at a society and you look at you know the things that unite them sometimes it can't be whether it be you know centuries gone by maybe a love of the opera and the arts and things and i think it all contributes to how a society comes together and i think the nba has a great role in that for a variety of reasons the various platforms that the players and the league reach out and connect with with other people on topics that are not about basketball and let's face it basketball is is to me it's one of the the best examples of how working together can uh, you can have a greater sum and isn't that a great message in in today's world you know where you have five players working as one and they become better than maybe as if you took the sum of them five individually and so i think you know what lebron was talking about there is that you know that's the message of basketball working together for a common cause can bring good and i think in this particular case i think the nba has brought some much needed distraction to the pandemic and has brought the message of the times and it will amplify as we go on and into the playoffs and i think that's going to be a great thing We certainly love seeing the NBA back in action with the games in Orlando. With Tim Roy, I'm Lawrence Scott. Thank you for listening to NBA Sound System.